What up, y'all? Welcome to the Cast of Color, the show where we discuss all things film, TV, entertainment. I am John Carter. I am joined by my boy Joe, per usual. What's happening, man? What's good, man? We're back. You're back to introducing <laughs> the show like normal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Back to introducing the show. We got a nice little little setup for today's show. I, I like the the topics we're discussing today, man. So mm-hmm. uh, just just catching up with you. We've been speaking a little bit about that Spider-Man game. So I'm going to oh, ask yeah. what's going on in, in your personal life, too. But uh, I know that's one thing that we have been talking about recently. So what, what else is going on with you, bro? Uh, not much, man. I mean, just typical everyday, like nothing, not much has changed um besides that new <laughs> spider-man game <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah i feel you i feel you man it's that's the thing about working and just going through life it's the, the video games or the movies that we love that's something to give us to look forward to so yeah uh, exactly yeah 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 shouts to the boy joe because listeners joe just put me on game with the spider-man with the miles morales spider-man game i just assumed for some reason it was only on PlayStation 5. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> me and the wife over here really considering. We were like thinking about switching in the PS4 5 just talking that game. The boy Joe put me on game and showed mm. love to, to to shoot that game my way. So good looking out, my brother. I, I can't oh, wait to of course, play. man. Come on now. Yeah, man. <laughs> and I have, I have questions about this game, dude. So is it is it the same storyline just with Miles Morales? I'm, I'm sure the gameplay is similar, but oh no, but like are, it's a like the gameplay itself, like the controls and everything, like how you swing around New York, it's it's like it, it's the same game. You're just okay. miles. But uh, no, it's a completely new like storyline. He goes through his own like like he has his own story. Oh, much. shit. And, and is it like continuation from the Spider-Man game? Yeah, like literally like like I don't know if you remember at the end of the, the first Spider-Man game, like yeah. Peter is like teaching him how to like swing and stuff. Yeah. Hell it yeah. starts like right there. <laughs> oh nice nice yeah. okay yeah that's so that's, yeah it's it's pretty cool and yeah uh, it's so funny too because with this game you get to wear the the into the spider-verse like the movie you get to wear that suit which oh, hell yeah it's pretty awesome but um like a lot of people out there are making like fan videos like you know um in the movie like the the what's up danger that when he's swinging through New York when he finally like gets his suit and all that stuff. What's up danger? Yeah, that scene. What's up every, danger? That scene is so dope. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like making their own version of that and just posting it. It's it's pretty cool. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and that's the thing. I've been seeing so many people just post about Miles Morales, and, and when you bring that suit from the cartoon version up into the Spider-Verse and you throw it on the graphics and the gameplay of a PlayStation. It looks so dope. It looks different too, but mm-hmm. it, it looks like it's, its own version of Spider-Man and mm-hmm. it's different than the uh, the Spider-Man game that we've been playing recently, you know, with the big white spider and everything. This Miles Morales version is darker and, um, bro, I, I can't wait to play this shit. So <laughs> thank you for yeah. clearing that up. I was, I was like, so is it, so I guess it makes sense, you know, because you play as Miles Morales. Yeah, and- it's like a it's like yeah. a like a sequel of sorts. Yeah, it's like a new game. The only oh, thing right. is that like it's it's probably not as long as the original Spider-Man game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, because that one is long. That one has a, a nice a nice lengthy storyline. What's yeah. funny if you <laughs> if you're a real gamer like you know Gerardo, for example, I think he beat that game and. 
me 36 hours or something. It just didn't stop. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, Spider-Man games are like that. You can run through it if you want to. But yeah, um, that's what's up, man. Yeah. As, as far as me, work been cool. I so listen, as I work with military veterans, I certify their their VA education benefits, all that. And it's been a pretty big learning curve during the pandemic, learning my job without having a turnover with my predecessor. So it's it's been challenging, but now I'm I'm kind of getting more organized, learning my my job a little more. It's less freaking stressful because, dude, I think a lot about work. That shit stays with me sometimes. I'd be sleeping, dreaming, thinking about if I fucked up some kind of damn <laughs> and it's it's because mostly um i think it's gonna take a lot of time for me to get more confident in my job but i am and that's what i'm happy for like i, I put a, like an hour yesterday into work and you're on you're on campus like once or twice a week or right right so i work at california lutheran university and i'm on campus twice a week but with the rise of cases recently like we were hoping to go back on campus soon but the right covid cases we might be extending that extending the virtual environment shit is so up in the air man you know you really don't know these days yeah fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah so i I guess the most we'll see we'll see what that vaccine's talking about (laughs) see what the vaccine's talking about see what it does as far as numbers and all that shit (laughs) but yeah but i'd say Apart from that, you know, um, life ain't too bad. You know, family's right here. The wife and daughter over here eating. We just smacked a little meal. I've been the agent has been hitting me up for auditions and everything. So that's that's been cool. Like I had an audition for like a, a Colin Kaepernick commercial. <laughs> what? That's right. Dope. It was right. But it was like an MBA slash Colin Kaepernick commercial. So it's like, how the hell does that work? But yeah, man, it's mm-hmm. it's just to get any opportunities during the pandemic again i'm always grateful but that's that shit that's, that's the newest with me man you want to you want to dive into the rest of this episode and and let's oh actually let's explain what we have outlined shall we yeah yeah dude so you you want to take that or you want me to, to oh go ahead sure and- yeah so we're just going to chat a little bit about um this thing that john posted on the page the, the diversity report in film right Yes, yes, the UCLA 2020 Diversity Report. Part one is film. Part two is TV. And we haven't posted the one yet, so we will probably this week. Nice. There you go. Now we're going to get into a little Mandalorian. Then we're going to talk about this Fresh Prince reunion. And then we're going to end with an Ocean's Ocean's Eleven review. Ocean's Eleven review type. Hell yeah. Solid little outline, man. So (laughs) uh, hyped, hyped. You know, we... We posted the diversity reports last year. So what this is, listeners, UCLA College right here in Los Angeles, they, the, uh, the College of Sciences, they do the study of the entertainment industry and they analyze the film and the television sectors. And diversity is a fact. So all they do is just spew the numbers of mm-hmm. how it looks. You know, it's, it's, and I think that's, it's good to be objective and just give the numbers, you know, not so much... Uh, your opinion on it so we posted some of the numbers to the page mm-hmm. and let me see we have the some of them right here pretty pretty interesting so three of ten lead actors in film are people of color mm. 1.5 out of 10 film directors are people of color mm-hmm. 1.5 out of 10 film directors are female 
and 1.4 out of 10 film writers are people of color. So that's just, you know, some of the highlights of the report. It gets a lot more granular. There are a lot of details, writers, executives, all that. But uh, yeah, Joe, I just, I, th I think it's cool to just give people that kind of information, especially since UCLA is on top of it. They're doing the research. All we got to do is just look it up. Yeah, um, read it, interpret it for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> straight up, exactly, man. And you yeah. know what? I I also understand the argument because I can hear people how they can say, you know, well, maybe there's just more, it's just the less population of certain people. Like in, in America, there just may, may be a higher population of white people compared to black people. So maybe it makes sense that there are more white people in the entertainment industry. So I, I can understand that aspect, but when you, um, when you understand... Oh, I guess the world we're living in, people just want to see more representation on screen. But I can I, I can understand that argument, you know, Joe. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, for sure. I guess it's just yeah. So uh, I thought it was pretty cool to just post that, and it was interesting, like the fact that was said about Aladdin. Um, well, what was it? It was so the film Aladdin in 2019 sold more than a billion dollar ticket sales worldwide, and the cast was more than 50 percent minority. So that was another one of the highlights of that report. And I mean, that's pretty cool. I think Disney yeah. is is very adamant about diverse sometimes to the point where it's just a little too much. But uh, <laughs> we've talked about that before. And <clears throat> yeah, that's that's the diversity reports. I think, again, I think it's important just to put the information out there. Let everyone interpret the numbers for themselves. Let them see those numbers. And it's mm -hmm. a, a big part of what our podcast is about, man. So I just wanted to mention that yeah for sure it's good stuff it's good hard numbers you know because i feel like people uh yeah like it's almost like when you it feels for the most part that you just do it to check a box but then when you back it up with like data like this it's like 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 these are just the facts right here yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so, man and shit a, a college like you like it's not it's not just know, like people it's not just people like just complaining to complain it's like no like there's data to back it up you know what i mean exactly <laughs> Yeah, exactly, man. And I think, Joe, that's important about the entertainment because we love it so much. And, you know, we're, we're podcasters, man. We love other podcasts that talk about this shit, too. So mm -hmm. it, it's interesting to to as much. So acknowledge that just at least acknowledge it. We ain't got a biased or anything. It's just like, yeah, these are the fucking numbers. You know, this this university, they researched it. They looked at the film industry. They broke it out by. See, it says right here, uh, racial status of lead talent, gender of lead talent, overall cast diversity, writer diversity, director diversity, and genres. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, man, it's, again, put the numbers out there, let the people see that shit, and from there, you can kind of just uh, get an idea of why we are called the cast of color. <laughs> mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, man, that's, that's all I really got. We'll probably post again post the tv the part two of that report the television aspect this week just I'm looking to forward to reading that one yeah dude yeah and i mm -hmm. think i want to see if there's any kind of like major difference just because tv is is different than film you know in in, in uh, many ways but yeah we're gonna post that this week and see see what we got as far as those numbers but yeah man that's all i got for that ucla 2020 diversity report part one and how is it only is it only two parts or what i yeah it's two parts and it's posted every year gotcha. uh, i remember posting it last year that was when we just started the pod and mm -hmm. you know when you're first starting a, a podcast you know it's entertainment and our little niche is you know we talk about inclusion and all that it's 
I was looking forward to the report this year, and this one was posted, I believe, February 6, 2020. But yeah, there's two parts. Part one is film. Part two is TV. And yeah, hopefully I do this every single year because it gives us something to... Yeah, man. Gives us something to post about. <laughs> I mean, not just something to post about, but, you know, it gives, <laughs> us, <laughs> it gives us good content for an Instagram. No, I'm kidding. It's it's important stuff. So yeah. uh, listeners, you know, follow us on Instagram and check out that post. The numbers are in there and uh, you can interpret that data for yourself. But I got nothing else for that, Joe. OK. Well, what know, about the Mandalorian? Yeah. Have you been um, have you been watching that? Oh, hell yeah. I've been watching that. And I kind of wanted you to to take the lead a lot on mando well, let's let's hear like do you uh because i know you are you terribly like big in star wars or like right I, you know what i i am big into all the films and i always have been i've always followed all the movies but the little sub universe and i i used to play battlefront on playstation yeah. battlefront. Oh, okay nice i used to play the the episode one way back in the day when episode one came out it was like a playstation video game where you could play as the jedis i played that video game yeah but a lot of the like sub universes i think you may be more familiar with so yeah. i feel well, like there was because i feel like there was a scene in the most recent uh chapter episode that i was like i fight that question or that part of the scene was really important and i think it was but i'll tell you about it later but uh but what, well no what what scene was it though <laughs> okay so it was the scene the most recent one where one of the female mandalorians uh-huh. if they are mandalorians she was she was asking about the dark saber. Yeah. And I know that was an important part of the finale of the first season. And I just figured that she was the point. Of, since that, that same one is the point of contact for the Jedi. I just feel like. Mm-hmm. like yeah. That part was yeah. So pretty much <laughs> I was asking you like how much like how much like sub universe stuff, you know, because that's I think that's what this show does really well. The Mandalorian is that like. Like if you know all the sub universe stuff, then it just makes it more enjoyable for you. But at the same time, it's right. Like you don't really have to know, like you didn't have to watch like the previous nine Star Wars movies or like any of the other sub universe stuff that you're talking about to really like get it, you know? Right, right. Like all you had to do is really just watch the first season and then watch these first few episodes. It's like, oh yeah, I know what's happening here. Exactly. And <laughs> I think that's I think that's good for someone like me who is very familiar with the movies. Yeah. But that's that's the most that I let's sit down and watch. Oh yeah, it's 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 the movies. You know, I watched Rogue One. Uh, I tried making it through solo. I still gotta finish. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, I and so that's why I was like, I know Joe probably is more hyped at some of the parts because there's so much more background to some of these characters and some of these storylines that I, I was still hyped i was hyped yeah. when and it's it's so funny bro this this most recent um i i want to say that with the mandalorian i think every episode it's like these characters always have a motive with mando and mm-hmm. he's aware of that yeah. you know he's always because he's, every episode seems like from you know the start of season two and um i, I love the dragon episode that the cray dragon and mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like he always goes from planet where there's Tatooine or a different planet. And he always is willing to help people, but it's always in exchange for something. Mm-hmm. And it's always some kind of transaction. And he's always ready to do it. Mm-hmm. And it, it seems like at every corner, there's always someone who's trying to set him up. Like in this most recent one, that <laughs> that asshole. The, Everybody's trying to play him. <laughs> well, everyone's trying to play him. In the recent one, it was so I was I just watched the um, episode three. So I'm over here. Um that that one squid looking creature he said i can i can take you to the mandalorians you're mm-hmm. and they they're on that boat 
and he's like um he's like what, what's the name of the animal he, i don't know he, he was like you ever see a, a mammoth eat it's pretty interesting and then he's like just just right over here and then he like just knocks the kid he just knocks the kid into the yeah. the, the the water with that water monster and yeah they hit man. It was just like there people always at every corner trying to set this dude up. <laughs> so when the other Mandalorians came in, that was that was a I was hyped for that moment. Mm-hmm. I think that was a very exciting moment just because it, it had been a while since you've seen other Mandalorians. And uh, it just seems like you know, someone who's only watched the Mandalorian show and not the other sub universes like yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so far it's it's been a lot of him just looking for his people and then once he sees people in armor, sometimes that's all they are, are just people in armor. And mm-hmm. they, you know, like when they take off their helmets, he's like, you are not Mandalorian. And mm-hmm. and then they're telling him that he's like part of some secret society of Mandalorian. So go do you. So what's up with that, Joe, as far as. Um, it, pretty much like uh, in the in the in the animated series of Clone Wars, mm-hmm. they talk more about this and that that girl that Bo-Katan. Right. Bo-Katan. Like, yeah, she's like one of the main characters in the animated series. Got so, it. Um, like pretty much she's like there's like the the creed of Mandalorians or whatever. And pretty much the one that he's a part of is like they're like more conservative in a way. They they like try to like keep and like hold on to their their older values or whatever. Right. Whereas uh, the ones that they're a part of, like the Mandalorians are in the blue armor. They're like uh, more just trying to like. I guess adapt with the time, you know. Yeah. Okay. But yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much all that is. And uh, it's interesting. That's so yeah. interesting because yeah, they dropped that on him, and it's it's he's he's seeking his people out, and that's he's very adamant about finding his people and then finding the Jedi. Mm-hmm. So when he thinks he does, he's like he's you, you can see this kind of a sense of relief, and I love Pedro Pascal's voice in that Mandalorian yeah. armor. I think it's yeah. He sounds good. So, He's good. He sounds good. I, I think his voice is really good for scenes where you don't see his face. And <laughs> his voice sounds neutral. It, it, it's like he's not completely devoid of emotion, but he just he's so about business yet compassionate. And you can mm-hmm. see that with with the child, you know, I mean, you can see his compassion, but you can see yeah. how he's just strictly business. So I think his voice just works. But anyway, um, yeah, Mandalorian has been looking for his people. And, you know, once they revealed themselves and they explained to him, like, oh, no, you're part of an actual like real like a different sector of Mandalorians or, or some shit. And. Uh, yeah, I, th- I thought that was pretty. Yeah, it, it like made it, him like question his identity type of thing, you know? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I, especially because they took off their helmets and they showed yeah. their face. And, and as soon as he did that, he was like, you are mad. He was like, you you reveal your face. You are not Mandalorian. <laughs> and it shows how about it he is and how yeah. uh, how it's it's not like this is the way it means this is this is the only way. And yeah, th- they were kind of talking about even that quote. But, um, you know, talk, talk about diversity. It was, hey, female female mandalorians and one of which was black one of them looked black and yeah. the other she's dude a, she's a wrestler i forget her name but she she's like in wwe and shit oh no shit the yeah the black girl the african-american girl mm-hmm. yeah i oh, forget wow. i forget her name though that i should probably look that up but <laughs> yeah damn okay go ahead i'm like go ahead it's dude this show has like a lot of like like big name people 
in like very little roles. I'm just like, dude, what? Yes, <laughs> dude. I, like the crate dragon episode. Cause who's oh boy is the who uh, was in um Timothy oh. Oliphant, I think is yes, name. right. Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah, he's yeah, he he was like the bad guy in Die Hard, one of the yeah. Die Hard movies. He yeah, he's dope. And he he was like the chief or the sheriff of the town and he had Mandalorian armor. And, yeah, and actually that armor is uh like it's it's Boba Fett's armor. I don't know if you remember Bo- Bro, straight up. Yeah. That's straight up Boba Fett armor. And, and and it's funny, I was watching Mandalorian and to anyone who knows Star Wars like back in the nineties, and if, if they were to just see the Mandalorian show without seeing the title, they'd be like, Oh yeah, the Boba Fett's. <laughs> I mean yeah. that's like just that's when I the first time I saw Mandalorian, anything for it, I was like, Oh shit, that just reminds me of Boba Fett, reminds me of Django Fett. Which I have a question for you about Mandalorian. Mm. So the ending of one of the episodes. Tomorrow Morrison. Was, Are you talking about it, that it, guy? Right. It, was that Jango Fett? Am I tripping? No, that's that's Boba Fett. <laughs> it's Boba Fett. Yeah. So pretty much the last time we see Boba is in Return of the Jedi. Like there's that scene where um, they're trying to kill Luke and into that little pit in the sand yes. or whatever yeah so boba fett like i think han or somebody knocks him into the pit and then people are like assuming like okay well he died but no so pretty much they're telling us like no he survived it and, he's all scarred up right yeah yeah so the reason why it works though because it's it's the same actor that portrays Django fett from right exactly yeah so like boba is like a like a clone like remember how they made a bunch of clones and they all look right the same? and they all look the same. Yeah, so he like he's a clone of his dad Django and he's still alive. <laughs> Bro, I I saw that moment and that, that is dope. When, yeah. Once you explain it that way, that that's dope. I dude, I remember playing this Star Wars video game again, 90s kid, and you're you're Han Solo. Mm-hmm. And you you shoot guns. You really have to get a different array of guns. That's Han Solo style. So I remember Boba Fett being one of like the main bad guys. You have to you have to fight him when he's in his little ship, his little like small pod kind of ship. You have to fight mm-hmm. him in a ship. You have to fight him when he gets out. He has a his jetpack. He's fighting. So it's it's one of the most challenging parts of that video game. So I I, you, I knew very well who Boba Fett was just growing up, and everyone a very recognizable mm-hmm. Boba Fett. So damn, that, I did. I was like, what the hell? I was like, oh, that's Django Fett, you know, but obviously yeah. it makes sense that it's Boba. Okay. No yeah. Sh- makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah, like, I'm, I really want to see how they like play with that because it's like you didn't even really need to know that like Boba or, yeah, you didn't even know, need to know that Boba was back in the show to understand right. that moment. It's just like, oh, well, they're just setting up like a new mysterious character. And then, like, probably in a later episode, they'll explain um, who he is, how he survived. That's what I'm hoping to see, like, him escaping the Sarlacc pit. That would be crazy. That would be cool. <laughs> that would be... I, I would love moments where they can go to, like, hist- like monumental Star Wars moments from the past and kind of remake them into, well, you know, modern-day visuals and all. That would mm-hmm. be cool as fuck to see. I would love to see that. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Okay. Well, that makes sense. That makes so much sense. Why that that was Boba Fett's armor? No shit. Yeah, it, it actually is like his armor. You know, like uh, that, that's like, like the actual Boba Fett armor from like the seven, like the 
the fucking yeah. 80s or okay mm-hmm. so we'll we'll see how it goes i think that's so dope it makes so much sense because i remember watching that and i was like shit i need to ask joe what the hell that moment was because and anytime you see someone with a scar you assume that they survived some kind of situations later going to be explained so mm-hmm. you know i can't wait till they go back to that story um but i'm particularly excited for next week's episode too because i don't know if you remember uh like in in last friday's episode they were talking about how like oh you can find this jedi here at this place like yes. her name is her name is ahsoka tano yes she is like one of the the main character well no she is like the main focus the main character from the the clone wars animated series and she's gonna be portrayed by rosario dawson supposedly oh is she blue no she's like orange she's orange okay does she have two big white things on her head yeah yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. okay okay got it damn it see damn that would be nice to see rosario dawson i just love her acting but yeah Again, and that's one of those moments where if I was more familiar with all these other universes, it would it would have just hit that much more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm already hyped for that episode. Just all the talk about the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I, I okay. That's that's exciting stuff, man. Bro, really just be going from planet to planet, mm-hmm. wheeling and dealing, helping people out just to get this shit done. So um Overall, this this second season, you think it's because someone someone on our Instagram page they, they posted they've never watched. It. I'm like, bro, you're you don't have to be a diehard Star Wars fan to enjoy this. You should fucking tap in. Mm-hmm. Um, so in comparison to season one, how do you think season two is holding up so far? I mean, right now, I like the last three episodes. Like the premiere was dope. The one with Timothy Oliphant, that like that one was really cool. I thought that one, it was. I thought the second episode was a little like. Like, it was enjoyable, you know, but I thought it was probably, like, one of the weaker episodes. Um, oh, dude, the one in the, the cave? Entire, of the entire series. Just oh, wow. It was clearly just, like, like, a filler episode. Didn't really move the story forward at all. And then this, yeah. like, last week's was crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah, story forward. It was, like, super dope action. And, yeah, I think it's good so far. I definitely like the references to all the other, you know, like the Clone Wars animated series, yeah. Rebels series, like all that stuff is super cool. Like it's kind of like super right. fan servicey for people that like know like all the other like shows, you know? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But at the same time, if you don't watch those, it's still good, you know? <laughs> Bro, I am watching people post about it and I'm like, I know damn where you don't watch the other. And maybe some people do, but uh, it's people who are just, they're not, you know, huge into you know, about pop culture and all that, like we are. So, mm-hmm. and when I see how many are really watching Mandalorian, it's 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 pretty impressive, man. And for someone like me, again, I, it's very. I wait every single Friday just to watch that show, mm-hmm. and without having the the backstory of the other sub universes apart from the movies, because I've seen most of the movies. But mm-hmm. yeah, man, I, I do agree with you in the second episode, the one when they're in the cave and those like spider creatures, the mm-hmm. the ice cave dude from. Starts to fit. It's like that. It, it gives you a little context, you know, with the the frog lady and her eggs. She has to get to this planet, but yeah, you're very right. Very much a filler. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, these are trying times. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the they were rebels, right? The rebels were following yeah, Mando. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or so the it's new, like, new Republic or whatever. That's oh yeah, my fault. Yeah. So it's 
I feel you. The second episode was very much kind of a filler because the next one, the most recent one, that shit opened up just them burning into the atmosphere, crash landing onto the planet. And yeah, it it, it got into it pretty quickly. And it was a very exciting episode, this most recent one. So Mm -hmm. yeah, man, I I, I enjoy Mandalorian. Uh, Again, my boy, Kelvin, if you're listening, Kelvin, we went to University of LeVar with him, but Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Bro was like, yeah, I haven't tapped in. You got to tap in with Mandalorian. It's very enjoyable, not even for an avid Star Wars fan, but just anyone who enjoys kind of that adventure. And again, Pedro Pascal, I think he's so dope. I, I think he's he great. really... Yeah, man. It's Isn't it crazy how you can kill it without seeing the actor's face? Mm-hmm. Uh, the entire season... Have we seen his face at all? Yeah, at the end of the first once. season. Yeah, just yeah. once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Well, yeah, yeah, man. So every week we're tapping into Mando. Yeah. I got nothing else for Mando, Joe. Yeah. I'm good on it. <laughs> what about this Fresh Prince reunion, though? <laughs> okay. So it was it's on our page. Joe threw that bad boy up. So from what I understand, Joe, the, the Fresh Prince reunion, I want to talk about the show a little more because it's one of my favorite shows of all time. Mm-hmm. This reunion is just going to be the cast getting together and doing what? What the fuck is <laughs> it's like because From the trailer just looks like they're going to be like reminiscing and it's like 30 how years, it, how it like shaped their careers and shit like that. And, um, and this is the 30 year reunion, by the way, listener. So Fresh Prince kicked off in 1990 mm-hmm. and 30 year anniversary is now 2020. So this reunion, Will Smith posted it on his his page, Instagram page and but yeah, it, it like shows them. It just shows like them talking about the show, reminiscing about the show, reminiscing about James Avery, rest in mm-hmm. peace, Uncle Phil. Mm-hmm. And beyond that, I'm like, is I, there's not going to be any new shows or created, right? No, no new episodes or anything like that, right? I mean, not, just- yeah, no, not uh, not like with that cast. I mean, there's going to be some type of reboot show. That's coming to like uh, it's going to be on NBC's new streaming service called Peacock or whatever. Oh, yeah. It's just going to be called it's just going to be called Bel Air. And it's supposed to be like uh, it's like a it's going to dive deeper into the inherent conflicts and emotions and biases that were impossible to fully explore in a 30 minute sitcom format while still delivering swagger and nods to the original show. So it's like it's not going to be I don't think it's going to be a comedy. They're saying it's going to be more of a drama. Um, and the reason why that it came about was because this person, uh, Morgan Cooper, like they just did like, I think it was like, just like a little fan film of, um, of a Bel Air reboot. Yeah. And, yeah. um, it went viral. It ha- I think it has like 6 million views and Will Smith caught it and he was like, Hey, let's move forward with this. <laughs> wow. The power of social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Okay, so here's how I feel about that. And this is from someone who, you know, as a, as a black actor and someone who slightly resembles Will Smith, when I tell people I'm an actor, I, I swear that's one of the first fucking places they go is <laughs> I, was, I resemble Will Smith. And I'm not going to lie, a lot of his acting inspires some of my acting. It does, but I'm my own actor. I get that. Mm-hmm. And what I have an issue with, especially being this is my favorite sitcom of all time. I am a huge Fresh Prince of Bel-Air fan. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of my style has been inspired from Fresh Prince, but I bring my own thing to the table. So my issue with this is 
we're a podcast about diversity, but I feel like just rebooting a classic is not really paying homage to the black story. Mm. I think I think what made Fresh Prince so powerful was that it, it, it wasn't something that I feel like we've talked about Fresh Prince on the show before, but um, we have, dude. <laughs> yeah, we have, bro. I, I don't want to be too repetitive. But again, I think what's most powerful about the Fresh Prince is that uh, it, it was a story about a family who was black and not just, you know, a black family. And it had so many people listening and, and it reached so many people in the reunion uh, video. Karen Parsons, who plays Hillary Bakes, she said, I, I didn't I couldn't understand at the time how many people we were reaching. And mm-hmm. I think now they do. Everyone, the, the cast of French Prince, they're, they're, they're stars because of that show. Mm-hmm. So my issue is that rather than creating, a, finding another actor with the kind of charisma that Will has and they can tell their own story, I think that can be a better way to pay homage to a classic like this, telling a different story with no ties to the Fresh Prince, but you can say that it's inspired from it rather than creating this more serious. Not everything, when you make shit more serious and dark, that doesn't make it better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Fresh Prince was my escape. You know, I was a young, poor black kid. I watched the Fresh Prince of Bella Exit. It made me laugh and mm-hmm. it never felt like it was beating you over the head with the black stick. So the, the, what, just, the black stick, <laughs> the black stick. Let me tell you all what the black stick is. The black stick, which <laughs> again, I'm, I'm black and Hawaiian. So it, a lot of a lot of messages don't resonate with me if they come off in a way that is just maybe just a, a little off-putting or just it, it ain't it ain't it ain't my style like shit like blackish bro i never want to watch a show like that i never want to watch a show called dear white people that shit automatically turns me off and it's just that's my personal opinion about that mm-hmm. you know what i mean people can feel how they want but anything that beats you over the head with that black stick mm. and, and and it's like this is what our culture is about white people this and there's a lot that we had to put white people on game with for our culture. But I don't think that's the way. I think the way to do it is to provide something organic like the Fresh Prince. I believe the best mm-hmm. way to increase awareness about the black story is giving stories that people can relate to. And I think the relatability of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is what made it so real. So don't reboot it. Don't create something that's dark and Bro, it's 2020, so you have an idea of what it's going to be. It's going to attack a lot of the shit that's going on, which is I'm all about things that attack that. But that doesn't mean it has to be the Fresh Prince. Mm. Don't tie the Fresh Prince name to that. Do something else. Create something original, man. And it's not. It's not impossible. So it's, you know, people love the Fresh Prince because they saw this new kid, Will Smith, this rapper who just had this this thing about him man, and he carried that show and he people. A lot when we posted on the page, so many people were saying how that in the comments were saying childhood. This is yeah. my childhood. Yeah. Growing up, I watched this. This is my so that resi- his 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 personality and who he is and that show for the six seasons that it was on, I will never forget it. And it resonated with people's memories and their childhood. Mm-hmm. So I think what's better is to use that show as inspiration for a completely new idea. It may be similar in some ways, but just use that as like, man, we did this before, NBC. Let's find another kid out there. Let's see what story we can tell today. Because a Fresh Prince, it was a story of a black kid from the 90s who moved from Philly into mm-hmm. Bel Air. Tell a story about that, man. And it, don't tie the name Fresh Prince to it. But you can say that it was inspired by the Fresh Prince story. You can give it something organic mm-hmm. and something real. Because I'm, I'm, I'm too big of a fan to be rebooting the Fresh Prince. That's my favorite sitcom of all 
time. I, I know damn near every episode mm-hmm. I can go. You know what I'm saying? And again, it inspired a lot of my a lot of my acting. When I act, some people just say you remind me of Will. I'm not going for Will Smith. but <laughs> anyway, So that, that's that's just my thing, bro. About the about that. I feel like I had to speak about because we're in the age of reboots and we've seen how some just don't fucking work. Not every reboot is going to work just because. Because people want to, people like Hollywood just wants to cash in on nostalgia. Hell yeah, but yeah, yeah, I I think that's I think that's the bullshit part about Hollywood, Joe. I think exactly what you said because people are nostalgic and they we appreciate our memories and (laughs) and all that. So it's like people just trying to make money off of that. That's exactly what this. And shouts to the boy who made the video and it went viral. Mm -hmm. I, I think we we posted something similar on our page like about this same video and it was clearly different it's way dark it's like it's it's, yeah. it's just very the tone of it is so different so yeah man that's that's really all i'm gonna tap in it's on hbo max the fresh prince of bella 30 year reunion it's going to be on hbo max mm-hmm. and shit i think i just canceled my damn subscription with hbo max i got too many subscriptions so i canceled it to save money and now <laughs> now i might have to tap back in <laughs> i feel it man well, yeah, I mean, yeah, dude. it's like uh, definitely, uh, you know, wait and see. Um, I definitely like, you know, I don't think it was as big of a childhood as like uh, like yourself or like anybody else. But I definitely remember it was just like a time like like me and my friends would have sleepovers, like stay up late watching Fresh Prince. So, you know, just that's dope. Like, that's dope. Little, little moments like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> like. Yeah, dude, it's on Nick and Knight. It's on somewhere. Exactly. That's 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 when <laughs> yeah. we would be watching it on Nick at Night. <laughs> Straight up. That's the thing about Fresh yeah. Prince. It was on so many stations. It's on like BET, VH1, Nick at Night. So many. They were like, "Yeah, let's go ahead and snag Fresh Prince." <laughs> yeah, man. That's 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 really all I got. You know, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It's it will always resonate with me. I think it did a lot for Black people because I think it didn't try too hard. And sure. when you don't try hard and it's still an organic story and you're able to reach people, that's really what the hell you're going for, man. So, yeah, the shout outs to 30 years of Fresh Prince. And we'll, we'll see what's up with that. If, if it's a reboot type of thing with Bel Air, mm-hmm. uh, which I just from that alone, I'm sure it doesn't even have to be the same character. It can just be another black kid who's in Bel Air. So. Yeah. I'll, I'll probably tap in, probably watch that hoe, but I'm not going to have any kind of expectations. So, yeah. Yeah. And just to be clear, too, like we probably said this already, but just to be, you know, thorough, I guess mm-hmm. the Fresh Prince reunion is it's like the cast sitting like on set in the living room, just reminiscing right. about the show. It is completely separate from the Bel Air reboot. Like they're they're two yes. different projects, two different things. Yes, good good That's to point problem. that out. Yeah, <laughs> very very good to point that out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, because yeah, when again go on the page, the Instagram page, listeners, cast of color, the reunion video was on there, and it kind of it, it paints a picture of what Joe was saying. They're yeah, they're on set, and no mentions of any kind of reboot in that video. It's just all Fresh Prince of Bel Air. They'll probably talk about it whenever that comes out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Uh, shit. Will will be putting people on with his social media, man. He'd be on Instagram tagging all kinds of people, putting people on. So 
I'm sure if that time comes where the reboot is an, a legitimate thing, he'll he'll speak about it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. For sure. Well, got anything else for Fresh Prince? Oh, man, I got nothing else for the Fresh Prince. That's yeah. one of the goats. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> well, should we get into Ocean's Eleven? Oh, shit. This is this is what we listeners. This is what we do. This movie review. And one of these days, you know, we're going to have all the podcasts to show us love. We want you guys on here with us and do these movie reviews. These movie reviews are fun. Yeah. And we go we really go in there. So we got Ocean's Eleven, Joe. Yeah. And uh, wait, um, you just like it was just a movie that you just randomly watched recently, right? Did they just add these on Netflix or something? The trilogy? I feel like the, the trilogy has been on there. And for some the way Netflix be categorizing shit, they, they, I don't know. It was just like in one of the top, I don't know if it was one of the top 10 movies or just. It was definitely recently. featured like on the front page. Yeah. Like all yeah. the, all the oceans movies were just featured. And I was like, Oh, it's great because oceans 11 is absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time. But, oh, is it really? Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Do you, do you, do you want to start talking about it? Yeah. Oh, dude. Yes, yes. All right. Let's, Here, let's, let's go in. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ocean's Eleven, directed by Steven Soderbergh, has a absolutely insane ensemble cast with George Clooney, Brad Pitt, yeah, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Bernie Mac, rest in peace, Carl Reiner, rest in peace, Julia Roberts, fucking Casey Affleck. I didn't even really, like, when I first saw this movie, <laughs> I didn't know he was related to ben affleck bro didn't nobody <laughs> fucking know it's, it's so funny alex benjamin the actor who was on our show one time he, he talked shit about casey affleck he's like casey affleck i think has a fucking oscar like get out of here but yeah that's i, I didn't understand the appeal as to as to why he won that oscar <laughs> <laughs> i don't agree <laughs> yeah man. we need to have alex back sometime that's funny <laughs> oh we will we will we're gonna have the boy back on and this time, no, my he, mic- yeah, yeah, my microphone's like gonna be fucked up next the next time. I was I was so upset about that. That was when we first went virtual and wasn't as familiar using Zoom. So, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, definitely a stacked cast with Casey Affleck. Yeah, dude. And I, I yeah. didn't know it was one of your favorite movies. So all the more reason to. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But just just a little synopsis. Danny Ocean is ten accomplices plan to rob three Las Vegas casinos simultaneously. Um, yeah it's i think it's just uh like an incredible movie it's so like like even like heist movies aren't really necessarily my thing but i think i was just drawn to it because um to me like this is like this is like the definition of being cool being smooth it's like all these guys in this movie you know what i mean yeah, yeah. And absolutely like one of my favorite parts of it is like you know i love my scores and the score is like yes. it's all time it really is an all-time score and i mean the the composer kind of just blends in like like Elvis songs with the score, and um, yeah, no, I mean like I listen to it like all the time. <laughs> yeah, dude, and, and with that because I feel like with Ocean's Eleven and with Ocean's Twelve, if I if I am just anywhere and I'm listening, I can recognize what movie that is, mm-hmm. and it, it really it, it helps tell the story of and, and sets the tone for the movie um yeah bro it's 
it, it doesn't even you said it's a heist movie and what i like about it is it doesn't feel like the entire time doesn't feel like just uh like just a heist movie it feels like you know um like these characters they have their own history with each other it kind of mm-hmm. feels like a reunion like these guys kind of know each other and yeah you know, I, I was just watching oceans 11 man so it's i yeah. i love the yeah, like you said, it's like what cool is like George Clooney as as Danny Ocean and Brad Pitt as Rusty. Their little relationship, yeah, they're always smooth. It's yeah, it's they're they're just awesome. They portray really good uh, like con men. Yes, um, yes, believable they, con men. Yeah, and like yeah, like the way that they explain how it all happens in the end is that like oh yeah, we're gonna be the SWAT guys that walk out with all the cash. I was just like oh damn, that's like yeah. really good stuff. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Yeah. And that's what's always cool about these kind of movies, these elaborate, high risk heists. Mm-hmm. You want to see it all come together. Yeah. And in the movie, I feel, you know, because it's funny, Matt Damon's character, Linus, there's one scene where they always play him. It's funny. Oh, bro. <laughs> they fucking play his ass. Yeah, because there's a scene where Don Cheadle's character, he, he realizes they need a pinch. What a pinch is like a, an electromagnetic pulse. I was just, gonna, I was just watching. Yeah, 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 dude. And <laughs> they, they use that pinch to cut out the power in Las Vegas. And so they're like, OK, the only place we there's one place I know where it's at. And I think it was at Caltech. I think they yeah, went it was to, somewhere in California. I, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. I, I, it might have been might have been Caltech. It's one of, you know, the ups, really the one of the top institutes in the world for technology and all that shit but anyway they went there they uh so it's like george clooney don Cheadle's character and the grease man the grease man in this movie listeners is the um the acrobatic asian man the asian actor what, what is what's his character's name um i'm not sure but i definitely yeah, know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah he's dope but they, they, they go in there they get the pinch they come out and they're in there for like, you know, 10 minutes, maybe while Casey Affleck's brother and himself, they're arguing in the van. Those Lighten. those two are hilarious, dude. They're hilarious, like, man. I love their little, <laughs> their little interactions, just arguing over nothing. <laughs> dude, exactly. And I want to talk about them, too, because, OK, so I'm going to talk about the two brothers as well. But yeah, to Matt Damon, he, they, they go and they, they take the pinch and they're like, OK, we're done. But they're like, what the hell's Linus? It turns out he went in there just to help them. He was tired of the brothers arguing. And it just shows how much of a rookie he is, how he's he's always trying to keep up with with George Clooney's character, with Brad Pitt's yeah. character. And it just it shows that how even with and to, to my point about the two brothers, it shows how with a team of the most professional thieves in the world, mm-hmm. the only margin for error is the fact that they're human and they have stupid human tendencies, mm-hmm. like two brothers who argue when mm-hmm. they're supposed to be watching, you know, when they're supposed to be on guard, you know, yeah. um, or a pickpocket like Matt Damon, his character Linus, who one of the best pickpockets in the world, but always wants to prove himself and in turn ends up putting the team more at risk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think that's what's interesting about Ocean's Eleven and, and Danny Ocean himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's this master thief, but he has Julia Roberts character, Tess, mm-hmm. who that's kind of his weakness. And, and, and Rusty, Rusty knows that and uh, Rusty is Brad Pitt's character and that kind of helps with their dynamic. They know each other, you know, they got yeah. the history. And so. yeah, no, like that was interesting. You brought that up that Brad Pitt's character knows that Tess is Danny's weakness. So he puts Linus to keep tabs on him. Exactly. You know? <laughs> exactly. And he said, he said it. 
And he was like, I put him on you just to see. And sure enough, it happened. He's like, yeah. sure enough. Now, now you're uh, they said in the movie that, that, like he's been marked. Oh, no, something just pretty much that as soon as he walks into the casino, Terry Benedict, which is Andy Garcia's character, mm-hmm. um, he he killed. I love his character, Terry yeah. Benedict. And yeah. I believe I believe he's he even makes a cameo in the third in Ocean's 13. But um, yeah. And, you know, that's why I don't want to go off topic. But that's why I like Ocean's 12 and Ocean's 11, the, the way they go together, because Ocean's 12 is essentially them paying back Terry Benedict, who they rob. Mm-hmm. and it also moves another story forward with a new thief called the night Fox. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, man, it's, it, it's like every, every, every person, even though they're master thieves, they all have a weakness because they're human. It's, it's, and that that's the thing. That's the one margin for error is just being human, but they still pull it off. I, I love the scene. I'm sure, you, you know, you're all about scores, Joe, the fountain scene at the very end when they're oh, just, yeah. they're taking know, it all but in. That's like a, that's, that song is like a, it's like a classic that, that that that's not a song that was specifically made for the movie. It's right, called, right. It's called Claire de Lune by I don't know who the composer is, but it's a really nice just piano piece. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what what's what parts of the score in the movie? Do you think for the movie? Yeah. And, and yeah, that are original and can help you identify off top. Like once you hear it that's that's oceans 11 is there any part of the movie where the score is that way because i feel like the score is a very important part of this movie and of the story um well the song that i like always listen to that i think just kind of defines the movie itself is uh if you guys look it up on spotify or apple music it's called i think 160 million chinese man oh yes yes but this is the song that plays towards the end of the movie where um pretty much i think they're explaining to terry benedict like how like how all the cash got lifted and like like terry thought that like oh like i'm gonna catch you guys and then um they find out that like uh like the there's a different video being like looped over their their security cameras right yeah yeah and then like he like realized that like oh crap they just walked out of it and then it, it like starts up like the the scores like picks up goes super fast and it's just like yeah, let me see if I can uh this one. Oh dude, that's that's oh that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, dude, that's the scene where Brad I remember Brad Pitt during that song. I just remember in my head Brad Pitt walking out and lifting up the visor on his helmet. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He's in the SWAT gear and he's walking out, the music's playing, and mm-hmm. then you see the SWAT guy walk in, lifts up his visor, and it's Brad Pitt's face. Yeah. From there, they then explain how they looped the video. Mm-hmm. How they went into the vault. They, yeah, dude, it was it, it was brilliant because because the song itself is like a very smooth, like kind of kind of just a cool song, you know. Well, it makes you feel like and that's like that's cool. like the movie itself. Like it it just fit perfectly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's the the epitome of cool. But mm-hmm. that's yeah, yeah, man, I, I feel you and. Yeah, I'd say if there's one that's that's that part, that's that part of the score really defines like the the tone, the the feel of Ocean's Eleven more than than any other part, in my opinion. So, mm-hmm. yeah, dude, I'm, I'm I'm glad you I'm glad that was the song you said. That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm just uh, I wasn't as fucking familiar. So, yeah, man, that's uh, Ocean's Eleven. It really opens doors for other things like Ocean's Eight which 
we could talk oh, yeah. about that. And that's that's its own thing, you know. We're we're about the the inclusion aspect of the industry, and that's all females. So, I actually haven't seen that one. That's uh, Aquafina's in it, right? Oh, dude, yeah, Aquafina's in it. It it's interesting, Joe. That came out when I was working around the time I was working at Warner Brothers. I wasn't. I was only at Warner Brothers for about three and a half months, mm-hmm. and I remember the big poster for Ocean's Eight. And yeah, do Sandra Bullock, Sandra Aquafina, Bullock. Yeah. Rihanna. Yeah, it's all star cast. Dope. Yeah, all star cast. I believe, um, there was someone from the the original movies that's in it. I forgot who though. Yeah, I was I was just about to say people who actually make an appearance is uh the dude's character in Ocean's Eleven. He's and the it's the closest Saul, right? <laughs> is it Saul? Saul's the old white dude. It's the other one who who has that. Is it the other one that owns like uh? Like yes, they, they destroy his casino in Ocean's Thirteen. Is it Ocean's Thirteen or I thought they demolished it in this movie too. They demolished a casino in this one. Oh wait, they do. They do demolish one. What the hell is the dude's name? He's really good with numbers. He's a part. He's part of the crew. Because Saul <laughs> from Ocean's. Okay, Saul from Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> Okay, so Saul Bloom is—is is he in Ocean's Eight? That's Hold all good. Here. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, in Ocean's Eight, I fight. There was there was a cameo from one character. It was when Sandra Bullock is looking at Danny's. In in this in Ocean's Eight, Danny Ocean is supposed to be dead, apparently. Mm-hmm. But when she's at, when she's there looking at the body, um one of Danny's friends comes up and that's like the closest thing that they get to, you know, kind of joining those two universes in a way. But, um, yeah, yeah. Gotta love Hollywood in their reboots, man. (laughs) You you gotta love Hollywood. And this, this movie itself is because there's a class, there's an old Ocean's 11. I mean, there is. is, Yeah. Right. Right. So, you know, when I was a kid, I I had no idea that movies would do older one. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> right the older which i've i'll be honest i've i've never watched the older one so i wouldn't even i wouldn't even know but um oh dude this is it i know this is it El- elliot elliot gold so if you look him up i'm thinking that dude is the one who made an appearance in oceans eight mm. but maybe okay. it was Saul. maybe it was Saul. regardless uh it was just it was bothering me, damn it. But <laughs> yeah, man. I, I love I love Ocean's Eleven. Um I I think the trilogy itself is is solid. You know, the, the third one is less memorable for me, but I think you know, Ocean's the thing about oh. the third one is like I was thinking how like when I was watching Ocean's Eleven, I was like, why isn't Al Pacino in one of these movies? And then like <laughs> I turned on Ocean's 13. I was like, oh, shit, there you go. <laughs> oh, yeah. Al Pacino's an, he's an asshole in Ocean's 13. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. dude, he's, yeah. Yeah, I answered my own question. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay. That's funny. <laughs> there it is. The <laughs> thing about Ocean's 11 is that, like, the last time I watched it, I think this movie is from, what, like, 2002? Yeah. Um, I must have been, like, a teenager when I, like, watched it for the first time. So when I rewatched it recently, I was like, oh, wow, I don't even remember, like, the first, like, 30 minutes of this movie <laughs> right absolutely dude exactly yeah. and yeah it's it's 2001 oceans 11 2001. okay right right and 
Yeah, man. It's like, and it kind of some parts. I I think I mentioned this to you. I feel like some parts of Ocean's Eleven are intentionally awkward. Yeah, and they kind of they, they kind of show the dynamic again between Rusty and Danny Ocean, and mm-hmm. it's their awkwardness is it's just how they they communicate and yeah. um yeah dude i think i think it's very interesting to point that out because it's like it, it kind of seems like natural in the sense that that's how people who really know each other may communicate so i, I noticed moments like that in oceans 11 with with brad pitt and george clooney's character sometimes it was just it was kind of odd it was just weird and it's like what that like that's just it's like it's, a it's like it's like when two friends like meet up, they haven't seen each other in years, but it's like the that like if it's like a real friendship or whatever you want to call it, uh, like it just doesn't change. It's just like, oh, I haven't seen you in a while, but still the same people, you know? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Dude. It's, <laughs> and I think that's what it is. It's yeah, because there are so many moments that are like that, man. So it's it's just it's just funny to point that out. It's like it was intentional that it shows that they have that kind of rapport with each other. So mm-hmm. um, we may have to, once you watch Ocean's A, we may have to do a little review on that, but you know, we, it's, it's dope to do a, a classic like Ocean's 11, because I think of modern day, big bank, not bank robberies. I mean like heists. I, this is one of the first movies that I think of. And I think it's because it has, it has, it has a little charm. It has that sense of style in it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it has that that humor, and again, sometimes kind of that awkward humor. I think some moments with Matt Damon, Linus character. I think some moments are awkward too, yeah. and I think it works to show the hum- the human side of these professional thieves. Yeah, man. Yeah, I. Yeah, I was just watching Ocean's Eleven again this morning. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. No, I think in like the sequels too is that like in Ocean's Eleven he was like trying to prove himself all the time, right? And then uh, I think in. in it was like in Ocean's 12, he was like, oh, well, you guys, like, if we're going to do this again, I was wondering if I could have, like, a more central role. Like, he's just always trying to, like, prove himself to the guys, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Joe, that was so funny. Because, yeah. And in, in Ocean's 12, that scene is hilarious because there's in, in Ocean's 12, there's a scene where Brad Pitt, George Clooney and Matt Damon, <laughs> they go to meet with this this dude who is supposed to give them work because they're mm-hmm. hoping to pay back terry benedict so they need to go find work and that actor is hagrid from harry potter which is pretty funny because every time i mm. see that I'm like, my i think that's i think that's hagrid and yeah uh, <laughs> so in that scene they're speaking code mm. uh, you know before the meeting they told him they're like bro don't really say shit at all you're, you're gonna come in here and see how it's done mm-hmm. and they were speaking code and it was matt damon's turn to speak code and when I was a kid, I never understood that scene. I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like, I don't, I don't get it. And why is it funny? Mm-hmm. I, just, I don't understand. But now you understand it's because that this kid is trying to keep up. He's trying to please Danny Ocean and he's trying to speak the language. He's trying to be that professional thief that he sees Danny and Rusty are. And he ends yeah. up just damn near fucking up the entire deal for that, that job. <laughs> so, yeah, bro. It's, 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 it's hilarious. I think the thing about Ocean's 12 is like is why I don't like it as much is because of that that moment where <laughs> where Julia Roberts uh has to help them and the way she like they like created this distraction oh. is that she is it's like oh you look just like Julia Roberts it was like so she like was in the movie 
like pretending to be Julia Roberts, like the celebrity in real life. And I was like, yeah, what, what the fuck is happening here? Bro, I feel you. I feel I, I say that's the one part. And it's it, it's to show how desperate they were. And yeah. I guess just how how many options they had. They didn't have any options. And it's just like, oh, OK, ha ha. Like, yeah. It's like, huh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and that, that really became a fucking plot hole in the movie. Like <laughs> she was using her own self to gain access to the egg. And Catherine Zeta Jones recognized that Julia Roberts is like a left hand, really. And yeah, I was like, I, I feel you, bro. And yeah. I think that because because when they're so elaborate in these in these movies and you, you you notice that's one of the parts of the plants oh really y'all really included that aspect when it's supposed to be some of the most brilliant thieves in the world so yeah <laughs> good good point i think that one of the the coolest parts about it is i like the night fox's character yeah and i think it's just a cool i specifically theme. remember his uh like I, I, I don't know why I liked it so much, but the scene where he's just dancing through the lasers, like the music in that is pretty cool as well. Bro, that's one yeah. of the best scenes in all of Ocean's, all of yeah. the Ocean movies. That's one of the best scenes, mm. and it may, it, it's when you see him doing his little when he's just like stretching and exercising those scenes, yeah. and then you see the laser scene. It makes sense. And it's like, damn, it's like no one else could have done that shit. That that's it's amazing. I I, I like seeing the Grease Man, in um in oceans 11 and 12 because he does incredible stunts as well and he mm-hmm. fits in the places you wouldn't think he could fit he's flexible he can flip and to see the night fox who was this brilliant thief and his athletic that, that that was cool as fuck yeah yeah I, yeah I feel like i can hear like him just going through the lasers. i can hear the fucking music in my head when he's doing that it's it's so dope such a cool scene mm-hmm. yeah yeah but I don't. I don't have anything else on the ocean on Ocean's Eleven or just the franchise in general. <laughs> no, me either, bro. I, I would have to say, without a doubt, of all the three, Ocean's Eleven, I think is the that that's it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I I really enjoy Ocean's Twelve, but yes, I Ocean's Eleven is my favorite of the three. Interesting enough, because I think I've seen Twelve more times. Just I I happen to. Sometimes there are movies that are just available and you fucking watch them more, but that doesn't mean that they're more of your favorite. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man, I got no, I got nothing else. It's it's one of my favorite heist movies. I love the cast, and I would love to be part of something like that with this big ensemble and, like you said, something cool. Like the whole movie just feels cool. So, yeah, yeah really enjoy it. I got nothing else for yeah. Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, ten out of yeah. ten, easily. <laughs> easily for me, ten out of ten movie. Like, 10 out of 10 movie. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. It's funny because Allie was trying to watch and she was like, oh, this is boring. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, come on, oh, dude. Oh, God. No, it isn't. It's so dope. <laughs> you got to appreciate it. But yeah, man. Yeah. So that's it. What you got anything else, bro? I know it's it's Sunday and shit. My Eagles are playing the Giants. I think we're we're losing right now. So, oh, yeah. 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 We're losing. Yeah. Uh nothing else really. Um hopefully we're gonna get some new art soon. Oh, hold up. Yeah, we we're getting some new art and speaking of new shit, we gotta we gotta just talk about it. Gotta mm-hmm. acknowledge it. You you got something going on with you got something else going on, something cooking up. Oh yeah, that's right. Works. Um, so listeners, we gotta we gotta just 
Joe, what, what you got going on? I'm pretty much just starting like, you know, this came about just because like, like it's like how we started this podcast, you know, it's like, yes, like just a couple of millennials just having conversations. It's like, oh, we just started a podcast. <laughs> Straight up. You know Straight I mean? up. It's the future. Yeah. So pretty much I'm uh, me, two and two longtime friends. We're going to start a new podcast. Um, it's going to be called Aged Narrative. So pretty much we're going to discuss Aged Narrative. Aged Narrative. So we're just going to discuss direct motherfucking competition this 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 motherfucker <laughs> went around and started a new motherfucking pot no, i'm kidding that's not true um, come on now <laughs> like, like you know we're, it's gonna be all cross promo type stuff you know what i mean <laughs> oh yeah dude so I, i'm um, hyped so continue you said video games yeah so one of my buddies he's like he's like on twitch all the time we're gonna talk some video games like gaming industry stuff my nice. roommate uh he reads a lot so we're gonna talk a lot of uh like sci-fi fantasy novels type thing oh hell yeah and yeah and then like for myself it's like you know like a lot of sci-fi novels are adapted into movies or tv shows so yes talking some of that as well that sounds dope dude yeah i think that's a great way to kind of get more specific in this whole entertainment field you know what i mean um because we kind of talk briefly about you know this video game that video game but um I think you guys that gives you guys a chance to really dive in to some of that shit. And if the boys on Twitch, I know that's huge in the gaming community, man, like really connecting yeah. with people on Twitch mm-hmm. and um, shit. It, Brian, right? Your room. I'm Brian, just, my roommate. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. So I look forward to just. Yeah, dude, he's <laughs> cool as fuck. So I enjoy hearing people like that just speak, you know, and he's a really cool guy, very intelligent. So mm-hmm aged narrative i look forward to this man you know we gotta you know we gotta show love you know what i'm saying so that's definitely something coming up yeah i'm not sure when we're gonna like you know like i think my roommate still needs to get a mic and you know but it's it's coming in the future yeah see how it goes and dude you have the the experience now to really shit you you have an idea of what works for a podcast and all that Mm -hmm. hell yeah and that's not to say like we're still gonna be doing this podcast don't don't uh, assume. No, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I mean this is th- th- this is just the start of many things. You know, it's it's been quite a podcast journey, Joe. Just learning, mm. and I swear, some of the most technical aspects of hosting a podcast, like paying for it monthly, uploading it, uh, creating the damn description each episode, mm-hmm. editing. All the, it, it's quite a journey. So it's cool to see that you know you're branching out with something else and yeah dude yeah like you said it's not going to stop this it's just it's something else it's cool to have multiple things going on and things where you can get more subject matter specific Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so yeah i'm excited you know damn well i'm a big podcast guy so once you guys start dropping episodes you know damn well i'm gonna tap in hell yeah (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) well that's dope man well shit congrats on that i look forward to hearing about it listeners in order to know more about joe's upcoming pod aged narrative follow it on twitter follow us on all social media platforms cast of color instagram cast of twitter color, yep yeah you have an instagram page it's just called age narrative i don't do too much on it really but yeah it's there <laughs> yeah and i'm sure once everything comes along then you're gonna you'll have everything you need but it's good just to get the word out there that way people can have an idea of what to listen for. So mm-hmm. a narrative type, you dig that? And 
the cast of color still goes on. So um that's again, going, going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, I am genuinely excited for you, dude, because it's it's cool starting, you know, some other shit, really. So um yeah, it's it's just it just keeps you keeps you creative, man. And it keeps yeah. you yeah, it keeps your fucking mind going. And when it's yeah, I look forward to it, bro. And I know you got you're gonna have a, a decent collaboration because of the different people you have. Listeners, it's always better with a team. Anything's always better with a team. Get yourself a team, it just makes shit easier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that's all I got, man. I'm gonna tap in with Spider-Man today, courtesy yeah. of courtesy of my brother Joe. I can't fucking wait. So you should and... start downloading it now because it yeah, no, download it like in, Okay. Like, right when you can because it'll probably take maybe an hour or two to download. <laughs> okay, I got you. Yeah, and plus, yeah, we're gonna go Chris we're gonna go Christmas shopping. So I think that's perfect to oh, oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. Okay, for sure. Nice. Well hell yeah, man. That's that's the rest of my day. Yeah. Uh Joe, you got anything else, my brother? Nope. That's it, man. That is it. Hell yeah. Solid fucking session. Well thank you again everyone for supporting the cast of color, for listening, for reposting anything that we throw up on our Instagram page, on our Twitter. And my gosh, is you know what? We're coming up to the end of season two. And we're not sure if we want to just, you know call it for this season or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're not sure if you want to call it for the season now or just really keep it going. So uh, this is episode 10. And, you know, if you if you follow us, you will know exactly when our new season begins. So mm-hmm. um, I'll just I'll leave it at that. This, this, yeah. this <laughs> you know, we, we were talking about, you know, we have 10 episode seasons. If we should call it at this episode, we should call it at 15. Um but yeah, we really just want to keep up in these episodes. We're having a lot of fun with it. But when we do come back, as Joe mentioned earlier, we're going to have new artwork. Uh, we might have a new theme song. We just want to have a, you know, something different. So season mm-hmm. three, season three is around the corner, guys. You'll know exactly when season three comes. If you follow us, mm-hmm. we're going to be posting on our Instagram page. We're going to be posting on our Twitter when we're wrapping up season mm-hmm. two. So, um, yeah, man, that's that's all I got. Yep. Cool. Hell yeah. We out. We out here. Peace. Peace.